0: It's nice to have all of you here tonight all of you that are in house and all of you that are online tonight welcome we're excited about the service tonight i know that you're going to be blessed i'm going to make some announcements starting this sunday night the 18th through wednesday night the 21st is our kids crusade with brother and sister david beckton And that will take place in the youth auditorium because of everything that's set up there. But you are welcome to come and, of course, bring all the children that you know they are going to love it. So that's this Sunday night through Wednesday night. And I suppose it starts at 6.30, at 6.30. On the 24th is Journey Ladies. They're going to meet Downtown Coffee at 8.30 in the morning. And then that afternoon at 6.30, all of the Journey people are meeting in the Family Center for an evening of recreation, fun, food, and fellowship. On the 29th, 27th is Ladies United Fellowship at Taco Delight at 6.30. And there is a sign-up sheet out there. See that many of you have already signed up. Then on the 29th and 30th is our summit. This is our count meeting here in North Texas. It will be at the Plano Event Center, the 29th and the 30th. And Brother Matthew Tuttle is going to be our special speaker. There are only night services. You're welcome to go. I know that you will enjoy it immensely. The Plano Event Center, the 29th and the 30th. Well, we're going to sing some worship courses here. I thank you.
1: the heart of people across the world and the universe and so tonight we want to pray for Marie Miller and a special setting of, uh, for a lady named Melinda that's had a stroke in one of her eyes and she's in emergency room right now and we need to touch God with that for Heather Osborne Brother and Sister Carnline, Carolyn Clark is receiving some special strength, but we need to continue to pray for her. Belinda Little's mother, Ben Strong, Bill Robertson, Mike and Paula Figueroa, Hannah Mann, Brother Charles Fleming, Randy Don Armstrong, Greg Baker, Courtney Grabanski, and God is really moving in that family and with her and Sister Ella Mae Bristow, uh, Nelda Doss, and we are just believing God for countywide, statewide revival as a result of the epicenter of revival in your heart, your voice, and your spirit. And so we want to pray for the leaders of our world and all of those that are really in need and for the country in which you are already supporting people. And we want to unite our heart in every way. If you have a need in your body, please feel free to come. Ministries will anoint you with oil, and we will pray the prayer of faith over you tonight. Father, we thank you tonight for the glory of so many hands. We thank you for the victory of so many absurdities that have tried to rob our minds and our hearts. We stand in faith tonight knowing that it is impossible for you not to hear our cry. I praise you tonight because that each of us here have already been healed. Each of us in this place tonight know what it is to feel and experience strength instead of weakness. And so tonight, we rejoice in your miracle-working power. We rejoice in the glory of your resurrection. We rejoice in the glory of your promise. I will be with you to the end of the world. So oh, let's praise Him tonight. You're seated and the ushers are coming. I remind you of this great missionary family and we want to receive a good offering for their having to travel and etc. So I encourage you to give as unto the Lord and bless this great cause tonight. We want to get them on the floor as quickly as possible so they can share their heartbeat. B.C. of Paris, Texas. Father, this people have continually given over and again. They have blessed the work of God in so many areas. And I pray tonight that as they give, they say a prayer over this family, the wicked family, and their children. Let the glory of the Lord be filled in their life in Jesus name
0: brother Wicked is the son of a real close friend of mine Caroline and I know that she misses those three grandchildren so much but you know all that we do for God it is going to be worth it it's gonna be worth it all it's gonna be worth it all
2: it's gonna be worth it all, all Some. i
1: preach whatever but this family is a choice family would you make him welcome again Thank you.
3: oh let's give a handcuff of praise to the lord today he's worthy of our praise he's worthy of our worship i kind of feel like david in the house oh magnify the lord with me amen let's exalt his name together today oh hallelujah Amen. We serve a great God today. Amen. The the scripture writer says he's he's so big that he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or even think of. I don't know about you, but I got a pretty good imagination. But you know what? If you can say it and you can think it, he can do it. Hallelujah. Amen. the scripture says we have not because we ask not amen when you put it out in that verbal sense and say God amen I'm going to put it in your hands well I tell you what God can do anything yes, they can. amen he's the only one that can take nothing and make something out of it <laughs> amen we're good at taking something some of us we got some things out on our table and one of them is a turtle and there was an old man in the Solomon Islands that would carve them by hand with his little tools and it's so cool And it's so amazing. But he had to have a piece of... He did it with a piece of driftwood. And he had to have something to start with. But we serve a God that does beautiful things. And he doesn't have to have anything to start with. (laughs) He just speaks. And that stuff begins to happen tonight. Amen. It is such an honor to be here. Amen. In service. I have been hearing about this church for years and years and years and years amen my my fam. my mom especially and sister Myers are so uh such good friends and so we have been I think my mom was more excited that I was coming to this church than 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 coming to Paris Texas so amen I give honor to the Myers family excuse my voice uh I was at uh, southern Texas camp last night and uh there was a green room behind the behind the stage, but it was so loud in the green room that I shouted for an hour or so while I was talking. And when I got done from church last night, I had this little frog in my throat. You have to forgive me a little bit tonight. I didn't preach, but I feel like I preached last night. Amen. Amen. It's such an honor to be here again. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Amen. We are... Uh, missionaries to Fiji and the Solomon Islands. And so most people may not know uh, exactly where that is. And so, but most people know. Now, I'll say first, it's not Fuji. A lot of people think it's Fuji. And Fuji is a mountain in Japan. So we're not in Japan. We're south of Japan in Fiji. And we live in Fiji and then also serve in the Solomon Islands. But most people know where uh, New, Australia and New Zealand are. And most people know where they, the land down under. Good eye, mate. You know, down there. And, uh, and so in, in that part of the, uh, of the world, if you were to go to Auckland, New Zealand, and get on a plane and fly f- five hours out into the Pacific Ocean, you will eventually run into the Fijian Islands. And uh, it's not just one island. I don't. It, we call it the country's name is Fiji. And I'll throw this out to you. It's kind of ironic because in the Fijian language, there's no F. But yet the country's named Fiji. That is the colonial <laughs> influence right there. Amen. But uh, uh, and so it's made up of over 300 islands make up the Fijian Islands. And then you get back on that plane and fly again to the Solomon Islands, another three hours northwest. And just before you get to Papua New Guinea, you come to the Solomon Islands. And the Solomon Islands, there's over 900 islands that make up the Solomon Islands. So between these two island nations, over 1,200 islands. Amen. It's kind of crazy because I grew up, or I pastored a little while ago in the Fijian Islands. Or Sorry, my goodness. I pastored in Prince Edward Island, which is on the east coast of Canada. I pastored there for several years, But I, and then I left there to go into missions. And I really feel like God had a little irony that one island wasn't enough. He had to send me over to 1,200 islands to, to keep me a little busy. And so we're, we're grateful for what God is doing. I have, those, I have people ask me all the time, and so I uh, thank you, my brother. <clears throat> I guess I sang a little too much in worship service. Thank you. amen there we go and uh uh they I, everyone always ask well what's the temperature like there well it's very similar to probably right here in north texas uh as far as that humidity that i'm feeling outside right now i feel like i'm back in fiji a little bit in the summer it's, it's about uh, 85 to 105 in the summertime. And in the wintertime, it drops way down to about 75 to 95 degrees. In the, in the summertime, it drops way down. But you're laughing. You're laughing tonight. But the reality is, I know it doesn't look like it now, but I used to go run on the seawall and walk on the seawall. And when I would be there, when it hits 75 degrees, I have seen fur coats at 75 degrees they'll have hats on like uh, like winter hats and mittens on at seven i thought my lord if it hits 72 there's going to be hypothermia breakout in the country of fiji right now amen and so it is and and, and lastly i'll just i'll just throw this out there Hey, amen the i always have young people the, the young people are all at camp but there might be some 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 adults that might ask the same question and i get this question almost everywhere i go and that is this does fiji water come from fiji And the answer is, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just take a walk down the Walmart water aisle. You'll see this very expensive uh, water there called Fiji water. And yes, it does come from Fiji. Amen. I have been by the place where it's bottled. And that's why you pay so much for that volcanically filtrated goodness all the way from Fiji. Amen, but we're, we're, uh, and in case you're wondering, I don't get any royalties or uh, uh, money uh, for those advertising that I'm doing church to church on this tonight, amen, but it is exciting to be a part of what God is doing in Fiji and the Solomon Islands. It's good to have my family with me as well. Uh, My little guy, he's uh, slayed out in the spirit there beside his mom, Uh, his name is Callan, and he's 10, and he's been having a hard time with the uh, 12 till 1 in the morning nights, and then getting to the hotel, and getting back up again, so he's not feeling very good tonight, so he's hanging out with mom here in the sanctuary, amen, but we also have an 11-year-old boy named Justice, and uh, we have a little girl named Eva, and she is eight, and she is a Bundle. I I joke and say, uh, Eva was, you know, my oldest is Alpha, my youngest is Omega, the beginning and the end, you know, the first and the last. If she'd been my Alpha, she still might have been my Omega as well. Amen. She is a busy body. Uh, My mom used to give us a hard time when we were first coming up about having kids when we waited later in life. And uh, I told her it was her fault because she'd been telling me for years. Your kids are going to be 10 times worse than you. And so I was afraid to have children for a long time. Amen. But the Lord's mercy is everlasting. Amen. And we're, so we're glad this morning. But I'm glad to have my wife with me tonight. And I told the gentleman earlier, my ministry is 90% her and 10% me. And I'm so thankful for her and her. I'm glad I get to travel with them. Sometimes on the field, I don't get to travel. They don't get to go with me everywhere because of the cost. But on deputation... They are stuck with me every day. So I think that by the time we get back to the field, they may be ready for me to take a week or two here to go, go away a little bit. But I'm gonna ask her to come real quick with a word of testimony. Amen. And greet the congregation tonight.
4: Well, Al Samarao may you tikovete key key And that is Fijian for we are so very blessed to be here today. God is so good. There are three main languages in Fiji, English being the primary, and then they do speak Fijian, um, which is their native language, but there are like 300 dialects. So it is is challenging, but we do speak the the chiefly language, the Bowen language. Um, I do speak it, I took some classes. My husband just says you need to go to class and learn so I can know if they're talking about me. So I've gone to class for him just for that sake, but it is great. Um, and then we'll go to out in the villages, out in the middle of absolutely nowhere. And he's like, "You got to speak Fijian." So when I get up, I'm talking and I'm saying this to them. I'm saying, "Well, my husband wants me to talk, and he doesn't have a clue what I'm saying." So it's a beautiful day outside. You all are and so, and they get a great kick out of that because we're trying to connect with them, and it's it's been such a blessing. But I do want to put a little plug out here for Mother's Memorial. Thank you for giving to Mother's Memorial for my washer and my dryer. Um, It is such a tremendous blessing. You provide that for missionaries. And when we go out to the villages after church, our kids just run with the village kids. And they may be up a tree. They're going to go look at the river. And, you know, they'll end up in a mud pile somewhere. So thank you for giving a washer and a dryer because it has come in so handy and probably maybe 2% of the country has dryers and the dryer is like a quarter the size of our washer but thank you so very much for that because in such high humidity nothing will dry outside so thank you so very much for that God bless you all
3: Amen, Amen Amen. So she thanks Mother's Memorial for the washer and dryer if you look at me, I thank Mother's Memorial for the fridge and the stove. <laughs> Amen. If you ask my kids where their favorite food is in Fiji, they'll say mums. <laughs> Amen. And so we're we're grateful for them that tonight. I do want to mention just a couple things really quickly before I show before I sh- show you my video. Amen. And and that is these little cards right here they're on our back table my wife will tell you they're free and I always say no they're not free they're not free they're gonna cost you some time and some effort in prayer these are our prayer cards and so we, I, 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 one of the greatest things about this is, uh, is, is recruiting what I call the, the, the greatest prayer team that one could ever have. And that is all those throughout the United Pentecostal Church. And so t- if, you, if you would commit to pray for us. Amen. And we're grateful for the finances, and we're grateful for all the financial help. But you can have all your finances in, in place and and not have a prayer covering. It's not going to amount to anything. But when there is prayer, anything is possible. Amen. And so we encourage you. these. Just grab one off our table. If you're spiritual like your pastor, put it in your Bible. And so you'll. Uh, so I'll know that you'll see it every day. If you're like me and spend too much time going to the fridge, put it on the fridge door. Amen. So you'll be reminded of it. If you're a commuter, uh, put it on your rearview mirror. And uh, you'll pray for us. And I've also heard that it helps with the road rage. And so that, that'll be a blessing. Amen. Uh, as well. So I encourage you. Grab one of these. Also... Also, I'll mention these. These are a, a, a special prayer card for missionary kids. Because uh, sometimes we pray for the field and we pray for the missionary, and the kind of the kids kind of get fall through the cracks a little bit. And so we put together a, a prayer card for missionary kids. And on the back, it, on the front it tells you a little bit about the, the field, it tells you about the, the kids, and then it and then it also teaches you how to teach kids how to pray. And so if you've got kids or grandkids or you're a Sunday school teacher, this would be an awesome tool to connect your kids or grandkids to a missionary family on the other side of the world. And also it places a burden for missions in them at an age, a connection with missions at a young, young age so that when they get older like the rest of us, amen, you don't have to really jump up and down and harp about a burden for souls and burden for missions because it was birthed right here at a young age. So we encourage you uh, to grab one of those off of our table, amen, and we're believing God uh, to minister and to touch through our kids. Amen. I thank this church for your giving. Listen, because of your giving to missions, amen, we're able to do what God called us to do. If, if churches like you didn't support and invest in missions, guess what? We would not be able to go and do and be a part of the revival that I'm about to share with you. Amen. So I want to thank you tonight for your giving, for your faithfulness. Amen. One of the most exciting things is when we were in the middle of the pandemic and I was... We're we're still in the field. When my wife and kids came back, they hadn't left the country in four years, four and a half years. And so we were there through everything. And I thought, Lord we're in your hands <laughs> amen because we're dependent on the faithfulness of the North American church let me tell you amen it's churches like you amen that all throughout that whole season amen not one time did we ever dip into the red amen but it stayed in the black and as a matter of fact I think it might have even have climbed a little bit in that season with God's people and their faithfulness amen so I encourage you keep doing what you're doing and amen, keep, get, keep a burden for missions because when you invest overseas, it's like a boomerang. Amen, you send it out, but it's gonna come back, amen, and it's gonna be a blessing to you, your family, your church family, amen. And when we have revival in Fiji, and guess what? This, this that same revival will come back and be a blessing here in Parish, Texas. And we're believing God for just as many good reports Reports. amen, from Paris as we're giving you, amen, from Fiji and the Solomon Islands. So we just encourage you to be a part of that, partner with missions. We always talk about that as missionaries, being partners, amen. We need you to partner with us, amen, so we can do what God has called us to do, amen. And I know that this church is a missions church, amen, and we're grateful for that tonight, amen. We have a we have a short video Amen, that I'm just going to uh, play. I believe you gentlemen have her ready to roll. Amen. And it's just a, a little bit of an introduction to Fiji and a little bit about what God is doing there. my childhood playing around an old-fashioned water pump that we assumed was no longer of any use. But I watched as my grandfather poured a little bit of water into the priming chamber of that old, rickety, seemingly worthless water pump. And then he began to pump that old handle. And within a few seconds, an abundance of water overflowed onto the hard, dry ground, bringing refreshing and renewing to us from what seemed like an unseen source. Just like the widow woman in 2 Kings chapter four, who was desperately in need of a miracle, simply poured out her little drop of oil into that borrowed vessel. Unknowingly priming the supernatural flow of God's miraculous power into her situation, we too endeavor to pour out our little. What may seem like one drop in the bucket becomes the prime that's needed to release the overflow of God's supernatural power and provision into the arid spiritual environment of this world meeting the needs of those who were so desperately in need of his presence.
4: Fiji and the Solomon Islands, both nations of beautiful landscapes and home to some of the most wonderful people in the world still need a supernatural overflow of God's spirit. We felt the call of God to go and we responded by pouring out our one drop prayerfully and with the heart of worship to prime the flow of God's spirit and with the help and faithful support of the North American church. to God's call to give. We are beginning to see the overflow from that unseen source. Just like Moses when he struck the rock with such an expectation and water burst forth, we too are seeing the flow of God's supernatural power and provision in a miraculous way. Overflow in our Bible schools.
3: In the last four years, our enrollment has grown from 25 students in one campus to a record enrollment of 155 students in six campuses, with a seventh campus scheduled to open by the end of the year. With the continued development of the Bible School facilities to accommodate the incredible student body growth, God is flowing like never before.
4: Overflow in evangelism.
3: In the last several months, we have begun what I like to call micro evangelism. As we go from village to village, sharing the gospel in small crusades throughout the interior of the main islands as well as the outer islands in remote areas. As a result of the overflow of God's spirit, we have baptized more than a thousand in the name of Jesus Christ, and God is filling them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Just as we continue to pour, like the widow in 2 Kings chapter four, we believe that God will continue to use the prime that we provided together the overflow of god's spirit will continue to flow until every vessel in fiji and the solomon islands has been filled amen and we believe that tonight amen there's something about the prime of the holy ghost amen that god can take something so little and make it so much greater Amen. When, I, when you look at those numbers, I really need to update those numbers, but we made the video as we were getting ready to start deputation, and uh, that thousand number is actually uh, between 2,000 and 2,500 from February of last year till February of this year. Amen. That's just in the micro evangelism in the totality of the country of Fiji. And that's just in Fiji. Uh, there, there, was pro, there was approximately around three or four to five thousand people, amen, baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost in that year. Amen. But the micro evangelism is exciting because we live in a country with 300 islands. Logistics are a nightmare. And so to get, uh, most of the islands aren't big enough for planes, even, and so we're open water, so you don't have a lot of pontoon planes because you don't want to get those deep swells with a pontoon plane. It's like hitting a wall. And so a lot of boat, a lot of boats, and and to get from the outer islands of Fiji, to the main island takes some about a month to get there, amen. Because the boats are a lot like. The city bus systems. They have stops that they stop all along the way. And sometimes if there's no fuel at that stop, they got to wait or if there's not enough cargo. And so for us logistically to bring uh, people all together for a big crusade didn't It didn't make sense to be able to do that. It would take us a month to get some of them there, a couple weeks to get things situated, and then a month to get them out, and not all of them could fit on the boat at the same time, so they'd have to wait... It's just a nightmare. So we said, let's start micro evangelism. So let's just start bringing revi- the, the crusade to them. And, and and it looks different because when you do a big crusade, you want you big produce, oh, 2,000, 2,500, got the Holy Ghost. And woo we all shout. But when, you're, when we're doing it this way, you got 15 here, 30 here, 40 here, 90 here, 20 over here. And so when we go in, but at the end of the year, Year when we when we tallied it up, over two thousand people in this one ministry baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's an exciting time to be a part of the Kingdom of God. Amen. Revival's not something that's coming. Revival is something that's already here. Amen. It's a matter of us stepping into what God has doing. One of the, one of the things, that's why I'm such a proponent, amen, of the prayer cards and people praying. Hey, we had some pastors that were, that were asking me, how can we pray specifically for Fiji and the Solomon Islands? Well, we live in a very chiefly system. And so, what the chief says is how it is. And uh, like we were trying to get into one village, and uh, the ch- the chief and the uh, and the elders said, "You cannot come in this vill- our village. We've been trying to get in there for years." But they had been praying for the chiefs and the leaders of Fiji that. God would give us favor with them. And the first two years, we didn't really see much. But on the third and fourth year, we began to see God move in an incredible way. In that village where they threatened us bodily harm to come into the village. Amen. Uh, We didn't know what happened. We just said, okay, we'll move on to the next village and try to set something up there. To this day, I do not know how he found out or what the scenario was around it. But the president of Fiji, who it just so happens that was his village, called the elders of the village and said, I heard that the Pentecostals are trying to get a crusade, or they call it some revival services in our village. And they said, yeah, yeah, but don't worry. We told them they can't come in here, and we told them what we'd do to them if they did. He said, I didn't call here to agree with you. I called to tell you to let the Pentecostals in. Hallelujah. He said, furthermore, he says, you have one hour. He says, I, I, I'll, I'll wait for your call. If I haven't heard back from you in an hour, I'm going to book a flight and I'll be there in the morning and we'll talk in person. Fifteen minutes later our missions director got a call and said, please come to our village. We want you to have a revival service. We didn't know at the time what had taken place. Amen. But God made a way where there was no way. Forty-four people that day, that weekend, got the, were baptized and God is filling them with the Holy Ghost. From that one Village, the president calls us back and says, Hey, he said, I got my housekeeper going to your house or, or coming to your revival. Would you send some ministers to my house? Because I want you to go and pray for all the rooms in my house because I need to have your God in my house. <laughs> amen. I'm here to tell you today that's still our prayer. Lord, we need to have you in our home. Amen. Because when God's in the house, Amen. It may Makes all the difference in the world. Hallelujah. Amen. Another one another village, we did the same thing. We called, we tried to get in, the chief said no. Amen. This was over in Marewa province. And they said no. And so we said, okay, we just, you know, like the New Testament says, kick the dust off your feet and move on to the next one. But he got curious. And so he slipped over to the revival service at the other village. To see what was going on, you know, I got some people here that have been around Pentecost long enough to know what happened next. (laughs) You guys are getting ahead of me on the story. (laughs) Hey, man, he went to the revival service. He ended up getting filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name at that revival service. He comes back to us and says, "Hey, um, we'd like—I'd like you to come back to my village." And he said, "Can you guys? Can you missions team be there on Saturday?" I love this story because we don't door knock probably very much in North America anymore, but in Fiji, we have found the number one uh, method of door knocking that is the highest efficiency that you will ever see. We've had our 20 guys, they go two by two, so there's 10 groups. He says, Come with me. And so they go with him. The first two come to the first house, he knocks on the door. And he says these two men are from the United Pentecostal Church. They're here to teach you and your family and your friends a Bible study today. Have a great day. And then he went to the next house, and he knocked. He did that all day long on that Saturday. Those missions guys taught Bible studies all day long from house to house. Amen. at the end of that Saturday, we baptized 53 of them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And God moved in a mighty way. I'm here to tell you, God makes a way where there is no way. Amen. There's nothing impossible for God to do. Nothing impossible for God to do. Oh, let me say it again. There's nothing impossible for God to do. Amen. All God's looking for is someone who's willing to say, hey, I'm willing to go where you want me to go. I'm willing to do what you want me to do. And when we do, you know, sometimes I, uh, I heard a guy say, you know what? I'm at the end of my rope. I said, get excited, bro. He said, Why? I said, well, when you've come to the end of what you can do, that's just the beginning of what God can do. Amen. Some of us never get to the place of figuring out all the great things God can do. Amen. Because we've never done what we could do yet. Amen. But when you take that step of faith and say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. Amen. But I believe that you can do anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, can we serve a God? I tell these stories all the time, but I can't help it because it tells me that God can do anything. In the middle of the pandemic, we couldn't, we couldn't, uh, you know, like everybody else, couldn't gather, couldn't do it, all the, all the, all that kind of stuff. And so, we we went to the police and asked them if we could have a service at the police station. Now, the police station is typically, especially in the interior. They put it on high land a highlander the high high areas so that they can see stuff and 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 all that kind of stuff. So they they said okay. And so we got our all our music stuff out. We got everything all done and and we got we got as many speakers as we could get. Like we had stacks of speakers and amplifier. I mean, if you if you had hair and you stood in front of these speakers, it'd part your hair right down the middle, I think. We were our goal was to reach four villages in 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 the valley. We wanted four complete villages to go to the Pentecostal church on 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 that night. And uh, and you got to understand too in in Fiji, their houses aren't built like our houses here. There's no double walls, there's no insulation, uh windows Rare, if there is glass, it's louver windows. If it's in the village, it might be a curtain. It probably it's just going to be open. And our whole country, you know, I'm sure your pastor has an open door policy. Our whole country has an open door policy, amen, because there's no air conditioning out there, amen. And so all the doors are open, amen. There's no insulation in the walls. There's no rock. It's just a single wall dwelling, amen. And then the, and the roof is just roofing iron and, and occasionally boarded, but it's mostly just roofing iron or the a metal, metal roof. And so when we blast it, everybody hears it. Everybody hears it. And, uh, and, and what's also is interesting is uh, when everybody is hearing, yes, but our services aren't quite the same as a North American service. So in Fiji, um, your worship service is going to be about two hours long. And, and, and I, I quit asking pastors what time church started because I would get there and nobody would be there. And then the pastor might come or some saints would come and eventually, you know. And, and so, I, I, you know, there's five people when we start service and 200 people by the end of service, you know. So it's, so I quit asking pastors what time church is. I just ask them now, what time do you want me to be there? And that's when I come because they want, they want the house to be full when I get there. So two-hour worship service and they, and they get after it. And then preaching, well... Preaching is uh, well. I'll tell you a story. I was preaching in a place, and the pastor. I could tell after. After usually after I go to a village in Fiji, we have about seventy-five churches, about fifty daughter works, and preaching points. And uh, in the Solomon Islands, we have about another twenty-five churches, and probably as many preaching points. And so. Uh, we, I try to get to them one person, but I try to get to as many places as I possibly can all throughout the all throughout the time and so as i was as I was preaching for this man, they always typically have a big lunch afterwards or big they call it a big feast and if you want to see what 's part of that feast, you see my wife after church and she 'll show you the pictures of the 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 fish that need braces and uh, all kinds of stuff like that. And, uh, but I could tell he was bothered. There was something bothering him. He was a little irritated, and, and I couldn't figure out why, Pastor. And I, I was thinking in my mind, I don't think I said any bad words, or I don't think I, you know, because sometimes in translation, you have to be careful of that. And I don't think I offended anybody, and I'm trying to rack my brain. Finally, I had to say to him, I said, I said Pastor, I said, is everything okay? What's wrong? And he said, oh, no, no, Pastor, I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, I've been married long enough to know. I'll just leave it there, and uh, I don't want to get in any trouble here tonight, and so I, I pressed him a little bit further, and he said, pastor, he said, I know you can only come once a year, he said, but you only preach 45 minutes, and I said, well, brother, how long did you expect me to preach, he said, you're only here once a year, pastor, he said, at least two hours, You should see the fear that just come into this place right there. Let me dispel that fear right now. Amen. My wife reminds me all the time, you're not in Fiji anymore. You're not in Fiji anymore. Hallelujah. Amen. So you can imagine, I'm only going to be back here in North America once every four to five years. So that's two, four, six, eight. We're going to have a long night tonight. Amen. And so. And so needless to say, in Fiji, if you don't preach an hour, they don't think you preach. So you have to, you know, so I would say probably the preaching would be an hour, an hour and a half. And then they're going to have another two-hour altar service afterwards where they're going to sing. So to have a five to six-hour service is pretty much normal. And then on Sundays, just to throw this out to you, they'll have their lunch in the sanctuary. They'll all, after they clean up lunch, they'll lay the mats down. They'll have a nap. And then they'll get up and have it uh, and do it all over again. They'll have 10 to 12 hours of church on Sunday. It's mind-blowing, I know. Amen. And, uh, and, and so when we come back, man, we feel like church is easy. You know, we're like, man, we're in and out, and we are still being in the song service. And so they're having song service it at, at the police. Sorry, I, I went all over the place there. But in the police station, they're having the service. And it is blasting. It is blasting. And uh, there was one lady uh, that comes running out of her house at about, about halfway through the worship service. And, she, and we had our missions team walking through the village because the villages look different than a village here. And, and, and we usually have about one road running through a village. And then it looks like someone took a handful of houses and just tossed them up over the, over the hillside or, or, or over the area. And then there's all these little paths footpaths that go through all the, to all the houses and if they want to catch a ride somewhere a taxi or the bus they have to come out they're walking past to that main road and so this lady comes running out to one of our, our missions team members and and she says i need you to tell me what's wrong with me and he thought well this is interesting i don't really know what's going on so she began to tell him what was going on it was so amazing she said I finally figured out too why us Pentecostals sing the same songs over and over and over again because she said I was I love your songs I love your worship and she said and I was learning your songs and so she said the first three or four times that you sang it I was learning the song and then she said after I had learned the song I began to sing along with you and worshiping Jesus and she said I said she said I sang it through a couple of times a few times and we were she said I was so enjoying it and she said and then all of of a sudden, she said, I I began to sing the song in a language I didn't understand. And so she said, I don't know what's wrong with you. So she said, I calmed myself down. I calmed myself down. And I waited for the next song. And the next song came. And I waited and learned the words the first five or six times. I learned the words. And I started singing again. And she said, and I'm now. And she said, and about a few times through again, I started to sing the song again in a language that I didn't understand. She said, can you tell me what's wrong with me? And and our mission team member said, ma'am, there ain't nothing wrong with you. Amen. You're not the first and you're not the last. Amen. You just received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Isn't it amazing? no one laid hands on her no one did anything she just began to worship and praise God and God said that's a house that I want to move into I'm here to tell you that's why the scripture says that God inhabits the praises of his people amen because when we begin to worship God says that's where I want to live hallelujah amen I've been sharing this everywhere I was reading that scripture God inhabits the praises of his people, and I was reading it in multiple translations, and I read it in an Asian translation, and it read this way when God moves, or sorry, when I worship, God moves into my neighborhood. Man, I was, man, I've been chewing on that for months, Pastor. When I worship, God moves into my neighborhood. You know what? You can come in here and you can be feeling worthless and hopeless and nothing. Feel like uh, you're you're, you're just kind of dirt before God. But the reality is when God moves into the neighborhood, it changes things. Listen, I don't care how bad your neighborhood is. If Warren Buffett or Elon Musk moves into your neighborhood, immediately property value goes up. They didn't even do anything. They just moved in. Well, I want you to know one greater than Warren Buffett or Elon Musk is here tonight, and his name is Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ moves into your neighborhood, amen, the enemy's been trying to tell somebody that you're worthless and you're nothing and you can't do anything for God. I'm here to tell you it all changes when God moves into the neighborhood. That which seemingly had no value all of a sudden has value because with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. Amen. I... I don't want... Oh, well, you know what? I might get hung up on here for just a second. I love... the. I love... I I know it's... You know, the youth are gone, but I kind of feel like this might be a youth pastor message when I was a youth pastor. It's so simple, but yet it has just been feeding me for weeks and weeks and weeks. (laughs) Because when God moves into the neighborhood, everything changes. I remember when I was young, my mom and dad, when we thought, you know, we were 11, 12, 13, I can't remember how old we were, when mom and dad would go away for a day or so, and and leave us a home by ourselves. And man, we thought we were all that. You know, we're big time. We're by ourselves. But about 9 or 10 o'clock at night, I didn't feel so big time anymore. <laughs> but you know, you know how you know why we were able to do that? Because there was an elderly couple that lived next door to us. And they and and they were kind of up in years and they rarely went anywhere they were home a lot and so we knew that no matter what happened they were always going to be home if we needed them let me tell you when Jesus moves into the neighborhood he's always home it don't matter when don't matter where don't matter what's going on he's as close as the mention of his name Amen. Listen, you might even not be living the way perfectly that you should be living. But let me tell you this. The Holy Ghost doesn't jump in and out of you every time. It's a gift. God doesn't take back his gift. Amen. It may be handcuffed by the sin that's in your life. But guess what? All that Holy Ghost is waiting for is for you to cry out to him. And he's there. Amen. God will make himself real to you in your situation. Amen. That's that's the confidence that comes when God moves into your neighborhood and sometimes when you need to know for sure you just start worshiping God and his presence. I kind of feel like I kind of feel like when I begin to worship when I begin to lift my voice to him it's almost like those neighbors flicking the light on so I knew that they were at the house. I'm here to tell you when you come into a church service and you begin to worship God and you begin to see the moving of the presence of God that's God telling you I'm still with you I haven't left you I'm with you every step of the way <laughs> hallelujah will you let me stretch it one little bit further it's amazing one of the things I miss about being close to my dad is I used to know and his tools shed where everything was now, I might have the same tool, but I can't remember. where. I, it might take me 30 minutes to find mine, or I could just go to Dad's house and take me five minutes because it was right where I knew it would be. Hopefully, I learned something from him by now. Well, guess what God has? No matter what project you start. See, some people are unwilling to start doing things for God. Because all they see is the stuff that they don't have. The shortcomings, the inabilities, the things that prevent them from doing what God is calling them or beckoning them to do. But the reality is, when God moves into the neighborhood, He brings everything with Him. So just like my dad, when I got doing a project that I didn't have the tools to finish it, I just slid across to where my dad was. And he had everything I needed to complete the task that he had for me. So all of a sudden my excuses. You know the old days when you are short a cup of sugar. You go over to your neighbor's house and get a cup of sugar, or some flour, or something. You know, I know everything's in the microwave now, but I'm sure somebody still goes and gets sugar once in a while. Hey, amen. But the reality is, hey, amen. If you if you didn't if you were afraid to start because you might be missing some ingredient, you may never cook the greatest thing that God has in store for you. You may not complete the greatest project that God has in store for you. Amen. I, I remember when we decided to go into missions. I'll be honest, I. Was was pastoring a great church, and we lo- we were in Prince Edward Island, and we loved it there. My my wife was. Uh- the church uh, when, we, when we took it was a mess and over the years we were there it had tripled in, 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 in uh, the amount of people we had and we'd taken on a daughter work and the daughter work was about to become autonomous and we were about to start a third daughter work when we released that one and all our kids were born there and my wife who's an ICU nurse are in by trade and she was senior staff and had a great job and everything was just perfect and God comes along and says I want you to go to Fiji, the Pacific, to Fiji, the Solomon Islands, and I said, God, I don't even know where that is, and I tell you, that's a little overwhelming, when we're on that side of the world, and God says, I want you to go to the other side of the world, to do something, in a place that you've never been before, when we moved to Fiji, I had, in the Solomon Islands, I had been there a collective five days in Fiji and seven days in the Solomon Islands on a trip before I moved there. Let me tell you, Pastor, I was a little nervous. I had three little ones. They were three, five, and seven when we went. I had a, I had a mom that was not very happy with me, taking her grandkids all the way over to the other side of the world. But our philosophy was this I would rather be on the other side of the world in a third world country in the will of God than in back in North America in a wonderful situation outside of the will of God Because I know that when I'm there I may feel like I have some shortcomings and I feel like I'm not going to be able to do it but God makes up all the difference Amen because when he moves into the neighborhood He brings everything He is with Him. Strength, encouragement, provision. I remember one time we were in the middle of a... The Lord spoke to me and He told me to build... I hadn't planned on preaching all of this, but I'm just going to follow the presence of the Lord right now. We were we were in a building program, and I was trying to build some places because I needed some help teaching in the Bible school, and it was too much to get them, bring people over and have them. Uh, the The cost of living as far as housing is very high, and so I was trying to build a, uh, an apartment so people could come and, and teach, help me teach in the Bible school, and... And so I, I felt like the Lord said that, and we needed to upgrade our Bible school, and and we and we it, it was unfinished. It had when when it was nationalized in '08 they didn 't finish it, and it hadn 't been finished until I got there, and I said, lord we can 't leave this unfinished and so we started the Lord said, "You go after it, and so we started tiling, and we started uh, putting in some windows and, and putting doors in and, and, and getting lights put in and and, and you imagine one hundred and five no air conditioning, and those kids they were they were in the room and, and no airflow and they 're like falling asleep, so I fixed them. I had a church uh, gave me some money to put in some air conditioners now when they come to class they've got their shoes on, they got their shirt on, they got their tie on, they got a vest on, they got a sweater on, they got their suit coat on because it's so cold in that room. <laughs> Ain't no more sleeping in class anymore, let me tell you that right now. And uh, and so we were in the middle of that and I was coming to the end of the finance and, and I knew I was coming to the end because I told God this all I got and so my, my contractor, or not contractor, but guy that was kind of overseeing it came to me, and he said, Pastor, we got three more days of supplies left, and after that, I'm going to have to release the guys that we have working because we don't have the work. And the problem is in Fiji, which is the same here, once you let the guys off the job site, it's really hard to get them back on the job site again. So I just said, God, you told me. This is, this is not my kingdom. This is your kingdom. Whenever you call me home, whether it's retirement or death, when I go back, I'm not taking a Bible school with me. (laughs) It's going to stay right where it's at. So, Lord, this is yours. And I did kind of what my kids do. God, you said. Any of your kids ever do that? Isn't it amazing? You can say something in the heat of the moment. In the middle of a chaotic situation. If you'll do this, then I'll do this. And five years later, when the pro- opportune time, they are going to remember that. They can't remember. I told them to pick up their stuff two minutes ago. But they can remember a promise I made five years ago. And then they'll say, Dad, but Dad, you said. You said. So I did that. I learned from my kids. I learned from Callan. If he does the Dad, you said. Then I, and then I say, God, you said. And I just left it with him. I was, I'll be honest, I was really embarrassed. Because I didn't want to be that guy like the Gospels tell us about. He didn't count the cost, and he built the tower, and it's undone. Now he's embarrassed. I was like, God, you can't let me. I'm doing this for you. And so on the second day, on day number two, I had one more day. But on day number two, I got a call from a pastor in North America. And he said, hey, bro. I didn't call anyone. I didn't ask anyone. He just called me out of the blue and said, hey, bro. You doing any work in your Bible school? I said, well, yes, man. As a matter of fact, I am. And I got excited. Like, ooh, thank you, Jesus. And he said, just wanted to, just wanted to, just wanted to know for sure. He said, because I already sent the money yesterday. <laughs> he sent it on day one, but he called me on day two and said, I just sent you $25,000 to help you finish the project that you're doing in your Bible school. I'm here to tell you, God, just he makes provision for you. Because when God moves into the neighborhood. Whew. So if you if you, you you can be going through the greatest trial of your life. I love it. I learned from it. I learned from it. I, I, I didn't know it at the time, but I have seen my mom and dad go through some of the greatest trials. Of their life, and but they have never ceased to be worshipers. Never cease to be worshipers, because when you worship. You know what you're saying? I know what I'm going through is very difficult and I don't understand everything. But I do know this. As long as he's in my neighborhood, everything's going to be okay. Amen. I don't know how, I don't know when, but God is going to make a way where there is no way. Amen. If he can touch a lady in the middle of a village that's just singing worship and praise and doesn't even really know anything about it, but God says, I'm just going to fill her with my spirit. Amen. I'm here to tell you tonight that God can step into your situation and God can minister where you're at. Oh hallelujah! Can I tell you the second part to that story? I'm looking at my wife to make sure my time's okay. She's, she's my stopwatch. Hallelujah, because <laughs> mine's up there. And... So in that same service, it's in the middle of the preaching. In that same village, actually, as well. It was so loud; it was reaching into homes, two, three different villages down the valley. You say, it was so loud. Did the, did the did people complain? Let me tell you what the, what the chief of police told us. He said, you can have service here anytime you want. I said, really? He said, yeah, because we never had one drunken disorderly call. We never had one domestic disturbance call. We never had any calls. We just sat in the police station and did nothing all night long. She said, you can come back and have service anytime you want. It's amazing what happens when everybody goes to a Pentecostal church service. <laughs> and so he's preaching, and the preacher's preaching about the healing power of God. And in, and in, and in, that, and in that village, there was a, a denomination that the lady was, uh, had been taught from the time she was a child that there was no more miracles anymore, that when Jesus died and the disciples died, there was no more miracles, so she had a big tumor on her stomach a big old tumor on her stomach. And she is hearing this Pentecostal preacher preach about the healing power of God and how God can do anything. And he's telling stories about how God, what God can do. And here's this lady in, in this village by herself. and She just said, God, I've been living for you all my life. You know, in, 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 in the revelation that she had. And she said, if you can do it for those Pentecostals, then I think you can do that for me too. And she said that preacher said to pray in the name of Jesus. And she said I know that name well. And I can't tell you what her exact prayer was, but I know she prayed in Jesus name. All of a sudden people heard a bunch of screaming from her from her house and her neighbors came running to see what was going on. And uh And so when they got there, when our missions team member who was not too far away got there, when he walked in, there was about seven people and they were all in a circle and they're staring at the ground like this. And he walked in and they pointed and he looked down. When she had prayed in Jesus name, that lady who who just had that simple faith in God, heard preaching about the healing power of God and just believed, when she prayed, that tumor shriveled up and fell on the floor. And when everybody came in, they were looking at that tumor. Now, now I said there was screaming. Well let me tell you, if a tumor fell off you onto the floor, it'd probably freak you out a little bit too. I'm here. And, and so it, it was. It scared her at first what just happened but she said her skin right there was as smooth as the day she was born amen God in the middle of the preaching in the middle of a service in the highlands in Fiji out in the middle of nowhere God said let me show you what I can do there's power in the name of God listen amen that's somebody who didn't even have a revelation of Jesus name amen this isn't a church. Tra- church. where we've got a revelation of the power of Jesus' name. How much more should our faith be? God, if you can do it for them, you can do it here. Hallelujah. Amen. There's power in the word of God. There's nothing. There's nothing God can't do. When God moves into your neighborhood, there's nothing that he can't take care of. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. There's such a spirit of the Lord. There's nothing, there is nothing that God can't do. Hmm. Oh, I just feel I just feel an unction of the Holy Ghost just flowing right now in this place right and I, feel like God, I feel like God's been nudging some people to take some steps of faith. Amen. And you've been hesitant to do it. But I'm here to tell you. Amen. God said if, if, you, if you'll just acknowledge that he's in the neighborhood. It, it takes your confidence level and your faith level. And it says, God, I'm willing to go where you want me to go. I'm not saying God's calling you to the foreign field. He may be calling you across the street. He's <laughs> saying, God... Well, this person needs prayer. I want to step out by faith and say, God, listen, I'll say this. You say, well, what if he doesn't do it? Don't worry about it. It's God's reputation at stake, not yours. I have a friend who operates in the gifts, and he always says this. He says, the people who, 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 take, the people who get mad when God doesn't do it are the same people that get, or take the credit when God does do it. Let me say that again. The people who get mad when God doesn't do what you asked him to do are the same people that, that take the credit when God does do what you asked him to do. <laughs> this is, let me, can I tell you my life philosophy, and I'm about to finish right now. I promise, babe, I'm about to finish right now. My life philosophy, what she's saying subliminally to me right now is, you're not in Fiji anymore, so let's get it wrapped up. This is how I operate. I ask God for everything. Because the scripture says you have not because you ask not. So I ask him for everything. But I also don't get mad when he says no. See, I refuse to leave a blessing on the table because I'm afraid that he's going to say no. I'm going to ask him for everything. And then if God has to say no once in a while, I'm okay with that because he's my spiritual father and because he's a dad he looks at a situation there's some things old Callan down there he's laying down there in the front you need to pray for you Bubba so you start feeling better here amen but there's things that he thinks that he should have but I know better as much as eating a whole bag of sweetened or, or sour patch kids it, 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 what he thinks would be really great. I don't want to be sitting up with him at 2 o'clock in, in the morning when he's sick, and, you know. And as a Dad, as much as it makes him mad that I say no, I'm going to say no. But guess what? He knows I still love him. Why can't we live that same way with the Lord and our Father, which art in heaven? Hallelujah. When I say that, you know what? When you say our father, which art in him, you know what you're saying? You're acknowledging him that he has that kind of relationship. You have that kind of relationship with him. And sometimes dad's got to say no to benefit you. But I want to be like a little kid that asks for everything in the kingdom of God. I don't want to leave one blessing. I don't want to leave one revival. I ne- I want to have everything that God has in store for me. Amen. Because when God moved into my neighborhood, I didn't have anything but when he is in the neighborhood there everything is possible with God as we all stand together in this place tonight amen I need you to understand that God can do anything hallelujah oh I love the presence of the Lord that I feel right now in this place I know it's Wednesday night. I know it's midweek service. But guess what? The Holy Ghost can move in a midweek service scenario. Hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is here right now. Amen. I've never even been here for a service before. I don't know one person, amen, in this place other than the Myers. Amen. But I want you to know that God spoke to me and he said, I'm I'm, I'm nudging somebody right now. I'm, I'm encouraging somebody right now. I feel like there's callings being birthed in this place right now. Amen. The, there's people that are, God is leading them through stuff. Amen. Don't get discouraged. Don't get dismayed. Amen and greater is he that is in you. I'll finish with this one last story to show you about how God can do. I got one minute left before I need to be done. In the little village of Nakambuta outside of the little town of Singatoka, there's a little church there, small church. I remember I preached there probably their church would be about one, one section of your, this section of pews over here maybe. And we had, we had over 100 people in there. And they're having service. And you got to remember, remember how long the services are. It's in the middle of the song service. One of the ladies says, and I forget her name right now. Do you remember her name? Okay, I, I'll think of it here in a second. She said she wasn't feeling well. She told her husband she wasn't feeling well. And so she was going to go home and lay down for a minute. How do you like that for church? Where you can leave in the middle of the song service, go home and lay down for a little bit, take a nap, and get back in time for the altar service. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you're not going to find that very often anymore. And so she, she said, and he realized it's in the altar service and she hadn't come back. She hadn't come back. And so he said, I'm going to go see if I can find her and check on her. So he left the altar service and went home. It's in the village. So you're walking down the path to the house. and He couldn't find her. you got to remember, there's no street lamps. There's no street lights. Um, with technology now, they carry cell phones, you know, so they got their cell phone light out. So he couldn't find her on the pathway and so he came back to church and got his son and took his son with him. He said I can't find your mom so let's see if we can find her. And eventually they found her. She had had a heart attack and she had been gone for several hours at that point and, and I'll just say she was visibly gone. You know, I just leave it at that. In Fiji we don't call 911. I called 911 one time. I had a person go out. We Prayed for him and nothing happened, so I called 911, and the guy says, uh, sorry sir, we're busy, call back later. And so when we got back, God had raised him up. So we're rejoicing over that. But so we don't call 911. <laughs> and so they found her. She had rolled off the path into some bushes. And they picked her up and they brought her to church which is seemingly really crazy to my North American mindset. In the church, she would have came in on this side over here, and they had prayer benches. Sometimes you still see them, but used in the old days, they had all the prayer benches there. And they brought her in, and they laid her on the prayer bench over here on this side. The son stood at her feet, and the dad stood at her head. And let me tell you, they didn't stop Church. Now, I know our mindset is, shut her down, gather around, we're all going to pray. They didn't stop church. There was somebody getting the Holy Ghost over here. There was people dancing. There was people running the aisles. And here she is laying over here on the prayer bench. This went on for 10 or 15 minutes. They just stood there. Now, I wish I could have a really good story. Brother Myers to say that. The husband was just dancing and praising God, but he wasn't. He was just broken-hearted. He had just lost his wife, and he's standing there at the head of the prayer bench, and his son at the they're just very somber. About, 15, 10 to 15 minutes later, the pastor comes down off the platform, walks over to her, takes her by the hand, he prays a simple prayer the name of Jesus and then in true form like in Acts chapter 3 he had her by the hand and he got down almost like a squat and he picked her up like that took that lifeless arm and he just kind of like a squat you know if you're lifting the weights he picked her up she was not a small lady and when he got her shoulder blade came off the bench came off the prayer bench The second that that shoulder blade come off the prayer bridge, she went. (gasps) And breath came back into her body. That lady is still the ladies director at the church in Nakabuta. I just saw her before I came. I just saw her before I came because I wanted to see her and get our picture taken with her so I could tell this story and show her picture when we came in. I tell that story to simply say this. There's nothing impossible for God. On this Wednesday night, if if, if nothing else, if if, if no support were to come or none of that, all the financial stuff and the giving, if none of that happens, I'll be happy if one person can kind of get that in their spirit that nothing is impossible for God. Hallelujah. Why don't we just lift our hands, lift our voice right now to the Lord. That's it, somebody. Talk to the Lord right now. Amen. Talk to the Lord right now. Let him minister to you. Oh, let him minister to you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, there's nothing impossible. Why don't you just welcome God into your neighborhood right now? Amen. Why don't you just welcome the presence of the Lord into your home, into your life right now? Oh,
2: let there be glory and honor to Jesus. Oh, yes. Lord.
3: to the A wednesday night but why can't we just step out of our seat right now amen let's just make our way to the front say god amen i just want you to have your way lord i just want you to minister in my home i want you to minister in my spirit right now lord us it i said i feel like god is stirring somebody right now amen god's preparing you Oh, I feel like God's about to open some doors for some people right now. Amen. My prayer for you, let your faith fail not right now. Amen. Oh, let there be faith in abundance right now. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord. Let your spirit flow. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. This Wednesday night let it be a memorial right now let it be a memorial right now he oh oh hallelujah hallelujah jesus hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. I, I mentioned, I just mentioned this in passing, and the Lord just quickened my spirit to it again, so I just come back to obey what the Lord spoke to me. The Lord spoke to me, and He said, I'm preparing some people for some open doors that God is about to put before some folks that are under the sound of my voice right now, an open door. An open door of ministry, an open door. I, I, I wish I had clarification of everything, but all the Lord said is there's an open door. He said, and I need them to have the faith that when that door opens to walk through it into what I have for them right now. I believe that God, there's a stirring. What I feel like is there's a stirring in the spirit. Amen, in Paris, Texas right now. And God is saying there's some folks here at the United Pentecostal Church here in Paris that I'm about to open a door of ministry and a door of provision and a door of blessing. But he said, I want them to have the faith. So my prayer for you, I'm going to pray right now amen is that your faith I know the minister on and maybe that's because it's in my spirit he preached on it last night at camp the importance of faith but I want your faith to not fail I want it I want that when that door don't let fear creep in when the door opens but let faith abound <laughs> amen and step into what God has because God has what you need yes, he does. hallelujah why don't we just lift our hands one more time? Lord Jesus, I pray right now over this wonderful group of people. Lord God, there is a spirit of faith right now in this place right now. Lord, I pray that you would lose faith into this sanctuary. Lord God, that as they walk through the door, that you are about to place before them. Lord God, let there be provision. Let there be blessing. Let there be encouragement right now. Lord God let there be testimonies of your goodness uh, and testimonies of your faithfulness Uh, I bind every spirit of fear I take dominion and authority over doubt right now and Lord God I loose faith into this place right now Lord let the encouragement of the Holy Ghost uh, amen the scripture says the joy of the Lord is my strength right now let there be strength Uh, Lord let your spirit move amongst us right now Lord your word. Lord, let there be testimonies of your greatness. Lord God, I thank you for what you've already done. But Lord God, I give you praise and glory and adoration for what you are going to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Oh, that's it. Let's just glorify the Lord.
1: stand in the presence of the Lord I'd like for you just sort of to close your eyes the Lord spoke to me a few minutes ago and said it's time for you to get your testimony out get the dust off of it he's in the neighborhood of where people need to hear a fresh the testimony of the righteous the testimony of victory the testimony of love the testimony of caring about pitiful and so tonight the worst case scenario the bible gives rich increased with goods have need of nothing needy people are looking for opportunity and God spoke all of that to me over here I was praying after the ministry tremendous ministry that we've got to get the dust off of our testimony and absolutely herald it in the face of the devil where God is moving into our neighborhood. That's one of the greatest things I've heard in a while, the way you use that tonight. God moved into our neighborhood because he lives in you. And I want you to just get the testimony out right now and thank him for how you got into this. Reiterate it. Tell him the steps that got you into his covenant what was it that got you into his covenant if you'll just play any song or sing any song and give these people the next three to five minutes to rehearse where you would have been if he would not have given you this wonderful testimony christ in you the hope of glory Pray it to Him. Praise Him for it. Get it right up to the top. I will never forget.
2: Thank mm-hmm. you. I just had.